1: God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God.
2: Welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reimbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before, and you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call, lovelyly, the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material, and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophets material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 Six one eight two six two twenty eight ten, and find out more about that. Also, like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert.
3: And Hallelujah, you can be seated. Well, this will be the the last in this series. I I mentioned to Joe uh, as uh, he and I were uh, conversing here um, at breakfast. I I said I I never had the opportunity to do. Uh, this 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 way. You you're sitting here, and you have heard this weekend what I have done through 30 years of bits and pieces of the anointing. And uh, this is the first time that I have ever had the opportunity to put all this together in in one one package at one time and be able to, uh, to bring it and give it, and, and, and it's, uh, it's uh, a blessing to me. I, I know one thing, um, 20 years ago, it, it wouldn't have been like this, okay? And, and uh, hopefully the 30 years of experience that I've had with all this is going to be meaningful uh, uh, to, to you, and uh, hopefully that it'll further the things with God. So a term the Hebrews, we're going to start there this morning. The book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing also, we, see, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So, in other words, we are compassed about with witnesses. What kind of witnesses? Witnesses of, of, of angels, witnesses of the Holy Ghost, the Rehokitesh, witnesses of other Christians, witnesses of God's Word... Let us lay aside every weight, and understand that means every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now I realize that that really is saying a whole lot of what we have spent uh, at least one, maybe two of these sessions on is trying to get into our mental uh, state anyway where we understand that, that what the writer here is trying to say to us, let's, let's, let's get this out of the way. Every sin that easily besets us, so that we can run with patience the race that's set before us. Why, why with patience? Because we understand that this walk is a lifetime walk. And, and it's so important for all of us to understand. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a lot of patience. I've had to learn patience. And, 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 and bless God, I, I, I never forget one time and I was ministering. I was here, right here in this church, and, and I did a thing on patience. I only did it one time. And I did it, and, 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 and bless God, everybody came and wanted more patience. And, 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 and bless God, I, you know, I went down and I laid my hands on them. And I said, Lord, give them more patience and give him more patience. And, and it was on a Sunday night, and bless God, by Wednesday night the next week, the phone had rang off of the hook. Amen. And what i found found was by it ringing off the hook was that, that people had lost their jobs. This one very meek lady had been evicted from her apartment and and and, I, and it was all because we prayed for patience, so I found out you want to be careful what you 're asking for all right so so it, but it, the walk has to have patience in it because what God is doing. And we're not waiting on God to use us. He's waiting on us to become usable. Alright? And I, and I think that that's so important for us to understand. It isn't that God can't use you. Okay? It, it's not that at all. God is going to use you. Why? Again, we have talked this, this weekend about the fact that God has invested in you from the foundation of this world. And that investment that he has invested in you, he wants a return on it. All right? Like anybody that's investing, he wants a return on his investment. So therefore, the Lord God is waiting on you. And, and the writer here, which again, we, we would like to believe it's probably Paul, uh, the book of Hebrews, that he's saying, uh, 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 set, lay aside every weight. Just understand, it's more important for you To to bless God to to fulfill that which is in your life, all right, it's more important to you than that, than to let all this stuff that, bless God, that so easily besets you get in the way. That's, that's, really, that's really what he's saying here. So you and I got what? We got, we got, we got the decisions to make. Second verse, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So who's gonna, who is it? It's Jesus, Yeshua, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand uh, 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 of the throne of God. So the fact of it is and when you when you begin to look at it and you know one time I can remember early on in the ministry I I, I became feeling kind of sorry for myself because you know I wasn't being accepted like I wanted to be accepted and, uh, and especially with young ministers we always want to be accepted you know I mean after all if, if, if we're out there trying to prove to somebody to get somebody to agree that we are preachers and if you've never been there you know exactly what I'm saying you just whack go through that I mean hey I'm a preacher and I really need somebody to walk up and say boy you are are a preacher well and and when those things get to happening to us uh, we 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 get to pushing and, and sometimes we push and we shove and and what do we do we we embarrass ourselves and then we get back off the side and we pout a little bit and and so things weren't going so well one time and and i was i was in one of those states and and anyway the lord god spoke to me and he just said to me very very quietly and calmly he said just remember this you will never endure what i've had to endure for you. You will never have to endure that for me. And you know, for some reason that settled in my spirit, man, and I was all right from that day forth. And every time things kind of get tough, and every time things get a little going not so well, I get to thinking about that, and I think, yeah, you know, you're right. What he came and did, he did that, he did that, and he did that for us, didn't he? He did it for us. He laid it down at the cross. He, he put himself upon that tree. He bore the, the, the stripes. He took the spear. The thorn was driven down uh, on top of his head, those thorn, uh, wreath of uh, thorns. And, and bless God, what have we had to give for him? And you know, that's one thing about being in the third world that I've always said to the American ministers, we don't have the foggiest idea what it is uh, to to serve God in a capacity of wondering if we're going to live tomorrow because we preached the gospel of Jesus Christ the night before. We don't know that here. Not yet. All right, that time is going to come. Let's go to Psalms 75. Psalms 75. Hallelujah. Psalms 75. We're going to do 6 and 7. For promotion cometh neither from the East, nor from the West, nor from the South. But God is the Judge, he putteth down one, and setteth up another." Promotion is not going to come as you and I think we should be promoted. You know, I thought I should have been a preacher long before I got to preach. I thought that I should have been raised in the dead before I ever saw the first dead person raised, in the name of the Lord, all right? The fact of it is that God's going to be the judge. Of that God's going to do what? God's able to raise them up. We're able to push them down. When it is time, and this is very, very important, with God, timing is everything. All right, and nothing. You know that we have a saying: there'll be no wine before it's time. Okay, your ministry, the anointing in your life, is not going to come before it's time. And we have tried diligently this weekend to get you to understand that there are some things that you're just flat going to have to put in place. In other words, things, there's first things first, second things second, and third things third. It goes on, it goes on, it goes on, and that's just the way it works with God. You can't, In other words, you can't get step number four in front of, in front of step number one. You're going to have to do it in the order in which it comes. And it, and it takes time. That's the reason, again, the word patience is important because you, you, you become impatient with it. I mean, dear God in heaven, you know, I often said, I've had times in, in my walk with the Lord that it seemed like the spiritual wilderness that I was in, you know, I said that they were there, they were out in that wilderness for 40 years, and, and you know, no bigger than that wilderness really was, they could have gone across it in a few days, if they just went straight across, but they after wandered around for 40 years, they got where they can even probably named those big rocks that they went by. You know what I'm saying? Well, there, well, there's old Joe the Rock right there. You know, we all go through those kind of wildernesses, don't we? And, and, and we wander around through there, and we go, well, well, what's going on? Why are we in there? But you know why God permits us to go through those wilderness places? To find out what's really in our hearts. That's what he lets, that, he lets that happen. He lets us think that He's not within a hundred mile of us at times. And yet He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Yeah, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. And yet, you, and yet we get to think of that. And yet we don't realize that what He's done is He is letting us decide. See, the wonderful thing about God is He's not making anybody do anything. And that's a whole lot, that's a whole lot uh, less than what most of us are. Because most of us try to make people do what we want them to do, don't we? Most of us try to push the situation and do, but no, not with the Lord God. What the Lord God does is is real simple. He puts it out here before us, and he says, well, he said, now, it's life or death, blessings or cursing, you choose. I always love the the end of the verse, though. He says, "Uh, choose life that both you and your seed will live. He, he, gives us a, he gives us the answer, uh, you know, but He doesn't make us. So what God does is He lets us come to the place of finding out, and again, I've said it often this weekend, how bad do you want the anointing in your life? How bad do you really want Do you want to spend the rest of your life bragging about God does this and God does that, or God can do this and God can do that, or do you really want to get down to working the works of God? Now, I go back to the, to, the, to the passage often where the disciples came unto Yeshua and said to him, after they had watched him work the works of God, and say this, make this statement. And I, this came to me, I would imagine, within the first very few months that I began to minister. And it was, Jesus, what must we do that we might work the works of God? They came and they asked the same question then that our generation is still asking today. What must we do that we might work the works of God? And brothers and sisters, we have covered that this weekend. We have talked about we have talked about the way we talked about the fact that uh, the fact that uh, the anointing and, and, and how to strengthen, how to develop it. The anointing is going to be strengthened in no other way than except through prayer and through, through fasting. Through you being diligent, through you finding deliverance in your life. Not worrying about what the, the person sitting next to you or the, 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 the people down the street or the people next door. The sin in their life. Worry about yourself. Get the sin out of your life. Quit quit judging everybody else and just get it out of your life. Know that you want God more than you want yourself and sure more than you want to worry about somebody else having God. And when those things begin to fall in place, guess what? Your wilderness experiences will become less and less. All right? And you'll start bringing yourself out of that wilderness place, and you'll start bringing yourself into the glorious place of the Lord God, and then you know what always happens at the end of all? Uh, we all sit around going, oh, well, you know, uh, well, you know I, what did I do? Have you ever come to that place, and I'm sure we all have, where you have struggled and you knew that there was a breakthrough coming in your life? Amen. Amen? You could feel it. You could taste it, as they say. And you knew that that breakthrough was just at the very doorstep, but there was something just seemed like there was something that, that, that lacking. You just couldn't seem to push that door open and come into it. And all of a sudden, and it went on like that for months maybe, and all of a sudden there you, you're through and you're looking back at that door going, well, what did I do to get through that thing? Yeah. I can't go back and pinpoint, well, I did this or I did this or I did this or I did this. You know what that's all about? It's all about the fact that you understand that when time comes, God will promote you. When God decides to... See, a a man's gift will be be made known among great men. That's what the Bible says. People say, well, brother, you know, I'm I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do that. Well, you know, when it comes time, you'll do that if, if that's what God wants you to do. You will be able to do that. Let's go to 2 Kings, the second chapter. You will do that, but it's going to be God that's going to do it. God's going to promote us. And is, is being impatient unusual? No, 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 no. But without patience, it just you know you just struggle. You struggle. You keep struggling. You say, "Yeah," but Brother Deckard, I mean, how long's long enough? You know how long it is? However long it takes. And I've had so many people come and say to me, "Well, Brother Deckard, how 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 long?" And I said however long it takes. Do you know what determines that? You. Ultimately, God is the one that gives the increase. Now, 2 Kings, the second chapter, the twelfth verse. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, and rent them in two pieces. He took also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan." Now, what had he seen Elijah do? Well, and in the eighth verse, it said that Elijah took his mantle, wrapped it together, and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they went, the two went over on dry ground. All right? And, 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 and that's what he had seen. So now he has the mantle. Now the mantle is the anointing, all right? That is the anointing. It fell from him, the 13th verse, he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, from Elijah, and went back and stood over the bank. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he, had, he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elijah went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah did rest upon Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Oh, what? Oh no 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 you can't you don't bow, bow down no no no. but wait a minute, that's what they did. Why did they do that? Because they knew that the anointing that was upon Elijah is now upon elisha. They had respect for the anointing Now I, I'm not at all uh, uh, an advocate of people bowing down. I, I don't I bow down to the Lord God all right now why they did that that was fine. Uh, they Out of respect, I'm going to say that, and the reason I'm, that I'm going to uh, tell you about respect, uh, when I go to India, they usually try to make an area that's probably from that wall to, to here, and they put a fence that's about that tall from the ground uh, floor there, uh, all the way along that, and that, that may go or 300 yards which is quite a distance and so when they take me out of those big meetings they take me out and, and, and there's a person on both sides and one in front and one back and, and there's not supposed to be anybody in that area now they've got people standing all up and down alongside, side trying to stay out there but when I start down through there those people quickly climb over those fences they quickly begin to crowd, and then the whole area is, is full of people and they reach out and they grab my ankles and they kiss my feet and all of a sudden, I'm going, oh, oh, that can't be right. Oh, God, don't want that going on. I said, stop that. I said, I turn to the, 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 you know, the, the native uh, ministers, and I say, tell them not to do that anymore. I said, they, they can't. They the only God they bow down. What's going on? And and finally, the pastor said to me, he said, prophet, he said, it's our custom. Let them respect you. They are given great respect to you that they would bow and they would kiss your feet. And so all of a sudden, I begin to realize something. Their custom of giving honor to those that should be honored was that. Now, our custom here in America definitely isn't to grab a hold of somebody's ankles and kiss their feet, is it? Not hardly. We have a lot of customs, but that's just not one of them. We got a lot of them contrary to that. Paul says to me that we won't even try to. We won't try to cover this morning. But the fact of the matter is, they recognize the anointing. Now, how did they recognize it? Well, obviously, he smoked the Jordan, it opened up, he walked across on dry ground. You know, that does tend to get people's attention, would it not? Amen? Now, you and I need to realize that that is the anointing. We need to realize that, okay? That the Lord God set that up, the power of the anointing. Now, the degrees of the anointing, and as I spoke to someone, maybe we should cover a few minutes this morning, is that not everybody is anointed the same. There are no All-Anointed Ones. Have you ever been in services, and I, I can remember this back in the 80s, I can remember that there were services being held in the early 80s anyway, that you would go and they would pour oil on you and you would leave as All-Anointed Ones. Anybody ever go to some of those meetings besides me? Okay. And and so I was always interested in the meeting because afterwards we weren't all anointed. We just weren't. You know, I mean, were you? No. No, I'm not either. What happened? Well, the fact of it is there's only one all anointed one, and that is the Lord God. All right? Now, we have a portion of his anointing. What is it that Elisha asked for from Elijah? He said, I want a double portion of that thing. I'll bet Elijah whoa, what do you mean? You're my understudy, and I'm leaving, and you're going act. But nevertheless, it's a hard thing. But if you've seen me when I go up, so shall it be. And I'm going to tell you what, O Elisha wasn't about to leave his side, even though Elijah tried to get him to, right? He was hanging on to him like flies to molasses, as we say. The fact of it is, yes, the anointing did fall by the, 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 the mantle, which is this, the tallit. Yes, he picked it up, and the first thing he decided, now remember something now, he had sat at the feet of that prophet Elijah for a long time. He had learned. He was rebuked a time or two. And bless God, that oftentimes I imagine he would have liked to, to have uh, pulled the tent up and wrapped it up and gone home. doesn't say, but I'm sure he did. Now, he catches, the, he catches the anointing. He catches the mantle. And he looks this thing over and he goes, Whew. Now, I am the man of God. The first thing he did, did, he wrapped that thing up, he took it over there to the Jordan, he smacked the waters and he screamed, Where's the God of Elijah? And that Jordan opened up. Do you think he was surprised at that? I'm going to guarantee you he was. I'm going to guarantee you because I want you to read again what he just said, what it was said here and what I just said. He said, "Where is the Lord God of Elijah?" <clears throat> he didn't say, "I've got the mantle and now I've got the anointing and in the name of the Lord." Let he didn't do that, did he? Now, The anointing now has come to Elisha. He now knows because the prophet Elijah would not have lied to him when he told him. He said, well, if you're with me when I go up and see me, he said, it's a hard thing. But he said, so be it unto you. He now knows that he's got the mantle. He's got the anointing. He now knows, bless God, that he has a double portion. Now, does that make a prophet a bit and a cocky? Yeah, it does. And I don't mean the kind of cocky that old look at me and who I am. I'm talking about the old cocky part of saying, brothers and sisters, i got the anointing, the power of God, and I'm about to show you what God is all about. Not for my glory, but His glory, and that's exactly what Elijah did throughout throughout his time. And and when you read it and, and and read all this stuff with with a, with, with Elisha, and I, I, I you know I always marvel, I always marvel about the fact that when, when you know they go across there and, the, and there was there was this iron axe that would had, had sunk, and, and he spoke and or threw the stick in when it in the water and, and and it floated to the top. The iron floated. Now do you realize how that defies gravity in itself? But you see, the the thing about the anointing that you need to grasp on to, desperately grasp on to, is the fact that the anointing does defy the natural laws of man. The anointing defies the the five senses of which we have been given into these bodies to govern these bodies by. Now, now, uh, if there's a fire and something's hot and you touch it, the sense of, uh, uh, of touch that ut- you oh that's hot. By the anointing, bless God, that doesn't count anymore because it could be hot and you could touch it. Okay, what about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. Did that fire burn them? No. In fact, the Bible said that the, the, the smoke did not even didn't even it didn't even their the, the clothes didn't smell like smoke. And yet it killed those those men that took them up there to throw them in. They died because of of the heat of the fire that was in the furnace. What was it? It was the anointing. The anointing of God overrides every aspect of what we look at a carnal world and through these eyes. Why? Because the anointing operates outside of this world that you and I can see. It operates outside of that. You see that that's the reason that I don't believe that, that that people can grasp on so many many times in 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 ministry when when they when people come that, that have short legs when people come that are they're blind that they're, they're deaf they're dumb they're they're hauled whatever's wrong with them and, and because what happens is you are going to pass the world that we're here in and you're over into the unseen world and the walls that govern that unseen world now kick in by the that anointing in the name of the Lord Yeshua, and and bless God, the short leg that was short because somebody had been in a car wreck and their hip had been pinned, now it just slides out there. There wasn't an operation, there was no no, uh, cutting done, there was no uh, shots being taken, but yet it took place. Not anything different than what had just happened when Elisha took the mantle of Elijah, smacked the waters, and yelled, where is the God of Elijah? He had now found out that he now could cross over into that same world that he saw his master, which would have been Elijah, his boss, his, his, his teacher, however you want to put that, Now he found out I can get into that world. What I'm trying to do with you is to teach you you can get into that world. Now listen to me closely from where I began Friday night, because you come from that world. That's the reason you can get into that world, is because you come from that world. And we're being held back in this world that we're in only because we can't get into that other world because we don't know how to operate into what we really are, which is spirit first. Amen. That's the only thing that keeps us out of that world. And you know what the biggest culprit to get in that world? Is right here on top of your shoulders. This your mind is the biggest culprit that you've got. Because it is going to try to defy everything that's over into that world there is. Because why? Because this is the real you inside of this, is run from here. Not from there, from here. That's the reason a crossover is so difficult. And, 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 and nobody in this room, besides Donna, will have any idea about what a realist that I really am. I'm not one of these guys. You, hey, I should have lived in Missouri. You need to show me, brother. I'm going to tell you something. You don't just don't don't, don't start talking to me about all this stuff. I mean, I, when I was in when I was coming up in this stuff, I'm going to tell you something. I saw a lot of phony balonies, okay? And I told a few of them. I said I don't believe anything even i come close to happening here, like you said happened tonight. Because nobody was really healed. There wasn't anything that happened. The people that didn't need to be healed, they went out the door just the the way they were. I'm a realist, and I had a terrible time of being able to go over, into, and cross over. You have to cross over out of the world that God made us get into when he stuck us inside of these. He made us come into a world locked into this thing where we operate, into these five senses, and not giving us, you know, uh, how do we get back over there? Well, when you give up the ghost, you get back over there. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? And if, if, if everybody really understood what it was like to get to get back over there, you wouldn't be quite so quick to being hooked up to a bunch of tombs trying to stay here. Amen. There's appointed to every man a time to live and a time to die, saith the Lord God. From the foundation of this world, God knew that when you would come onto this earth, and he knew when you'd go off of that earth. Yet somehow we'll go through all kind of measures in this world to try to stay on it, won't we? Won't we? Amen. You see, we got everything backwards and we you know why? Because we're locked up in these in these in these bodies. We 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 spent our whole life. Bless God, well, well that's hot because I touched it or it's cold. Because I, I need a coat to go outside because I'm freezing. You know, I don't like the taste of this, or I don't like the taste of that. I I see that, bless God, this is that, or it's that over there. But with God, the rules are different in that world. The rules over there in the supernatural realm aren't anything like the rules that govern over here in the realm that we live in. Why did God do that? I have no idea, but He did. But thank God He gave us the five senses, right? because he knew that some of us, bless God, was never going to get over into that other world until we gave up the ghost. And you will give up the ghost, as, as, as the Lord God uh, has, has told us. Let, let's go to Exodus, um, and um, a piece of scripture here that, that I like in Exodus thirty thirty, And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. You need to underline that. Who anointed them? Moses. Was Moses an anointed vessel of God by all means? Could they have been consecrated to be able to have been ministers in the priest office without that anointing from Moses? No, they couldn't have. That again is the anointing being transferred or passed down. Alright? Now, I want you to hang, hang on to that thought, because the, the, the thought is uh, today that all we have to do to be a minister is what? All we have to do to be a minister is to get ourselves into a, some kind of a program where we go through some kind of classes where we end up with a piece of paper saying, I am a minister. You know, I have people all the time say, well, now, Brother Deckard, you know, I've, I've, I've been through this school, and I've been through that school, and I have a, I have a degree in this, and I have a degree in that, and, and fine. Where is the anointing at? Where is the anointing? I said, probably almost 30 years ago, by a vision that God had given to me at that point in time, that there would be a time in our generation when, if in fact you were not anointed by an anointed vessel, a chosen vessel of God, Moses was chosen and sent forth. That you wouldn't be able to minister and be worth, a, uh, be worth your salt, as we say, into the kingdom uh, for the kingdom of God on this earth. That it would come down to that. Because we have got now, you see now, it has got nothing to do with the anointing. What it has all to do with, if I went to school and I learned something. Now, I'm going to tell you something, as the Bible says, to study to show yourselves approved." proof, you, you, there's nobody in this room any more of a student of God's Word than this man that's standing here before you. I study the Word of God all the time I study the Word of God. Why? Because God will speak to you through your through the Word. You know why I often tell people to come to me and they get saved filled by the baptism of the Holy Ghost? I tell them, I said, you know, the first thing you need to understand about God speaking to you, don't go home and get on your knees and pray and wait for that little voice to say something to you. I said, go home and open that book up and begin to study it, because that is God speaking to you. That is God speaking to you. Don't get out here in one of these towns. Do you want to know something? In part of the Charismatic realm, I've actually known people that, bless God, that did very, very little in the way of studying the Word, because they had to spend too much time listening to some voice speak to them. I've actually had people tell me that. That's dangerous. And I, I think being here this weekend, most of you knew that before you got here, But but it's dangerous. So it was it was a fact that 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 bless God it was it was it was Moses, the anointed chosen vessel of God that God said you pour oil upon them. You do that. So that they will what? They will be anointed. So see, the, the anointing is passed down. It is passed down. There has to be a means and a way to be anointed. From another vessel, that you might have the anointing passed down. Now, does it mean that when it's passed down, that you're going you're going to bless God, uh, run out, and you're going to open up the the, the Jordan uh, if you smack your your, your lead upon him? Could be, probably not, but could be, because what you've got to understand with Elijah and Elisha, the, a major prophet left the earth. Another major prophet to be, which was Elisha, took the mantle, and he really just sort of just stepped right on in where Elijah uh, left, he took over, didn't he? Now today's world, that may not be the case. And again, it could be the case. Why? Well, with God, God can do anything. If that's what God wants to do with your life, that's what God's going to do with your life. But I wouldn't spend a lot of time. You've got to understand something. The years that Elisha had been with Elijah, he was in school. He He sat under the Master. He was learning, wasn't he? And that's, look at that, and that's the key. And you know, I, I've said some pretty hard things here this weekend to, to, to some of you. That bless God, that never seemed to be able to get anywhere and stand anywhere. It was you hear God go to tell you there, and then the preacher say something. Well, I know that wasn't God because God called, told me something different. And what you're really saying is, you know more than the preacher. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because you wouldn't been there if you did. You got there, and you let you you let the powers of darkness suggest to you that you knew more than they know, and that's always a bunch of bunk. Okay, you you have you you, you always stay teachable. Let's go. Let's go now to Leviticus 16, Leviticus 16:32, 16, and we're going to see uh, uh, the same. Well, I think it's the same type of thing. 16:32. 16, 16:32. 32. 16, 32. And the priest whom he, sh- he shall anoint and whom he shall consecrate the minister in the priest's office in his father's steed shall make the atonement and shall burn the linen clothing, even the holy garments. And there again, it's passed down. It's passed down. It's passed down. It's transferable. It has to be transferred. I can't tell you again, I think I mentioned before, how many people through the years have come and got into the healing lines and said, well, God told me to come and you were going to anoint me so that I can, I can go out in the ministry. I said, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not, because you see, if now listen closer to me. If I anoint you, then I am responsible for you. And you don't anoint people that aren't going to sit under you. They were sitting under when they got anointed. They didn't come in off the street. Can you grasp that? They didn't come in off the street. They were sitting under. They were consecrated by that one that was over them, that was anointed. Consecrated. In other words, they they, they consecrated them by the, the fact that they would trust in them as their mentors. You see, and, and there again, I, I, you've heard me say again this weekend, you don't trust me, there's a door. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. And you wouldn't be here if you were capable of doing what I'm doing. You just wouldn't be here. I, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm, I'm trying to get some of you to rattle your head enough that you'll understand. Yes. You don't have this kind of anointing, or you would be out here somewhere in a building trying to teach people what I'm trying to teach you. So the fact of it is that I am going to teach you this, and I am going to mentor you. What did I tell you last evening? You have to be sure. I want you to give me the dreams. I want you to give me the visions. I want you to give me the things that you believe God is saying to you. Why? Because I'm about to become more responsible for you than I probably want to become when I pour this oil today. I'm going to be responsible for you. And if I'm going to be responsible, you know what that means. Now, listen to me closely, because I'm not going over this but one time, and I mean over the next hundred years. Everything that you do wrong, it's going to come back and get all over me. Because I'm your mentor. And I don't intend to be telling you that God said to do this, and you stand around and start sowing discord telling everybody else, well, I don't believe that's the way God told that, because God told me that. And I'm going to tell you, you pull that one time with me, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to see the side of this prophet you've never seen before.
1: I'm not interested
3: in that. I'm not interested in even starting that with you. If you believe that I'm a prophet of God, I'm a 21st century prophet, and I'm a major prophet of God, a chosen vessel of God, then the, you better make those decisions before you come up here this morning. Because when you come under this, 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 this place of me pouring this oil upon you, I'm about to consecrate you under this under this prophet. Which means that, 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 bless God, that you will be unto me as Elisha was unto Elijah. You will be that. And I will watch over you, and I will take care of you spiritually, you and your family. Now, if you think i got time for that, then, then bless God, uh, you you, you definitely must believe in the bunny rabbit. Because I don't have. But I know what God's telling me to do. I'm doing that. I'm taking on a load that I really don't need to be taken on because I know that's what God's telling me to do. Why? Because God wants to bring forth the anointing. You know, I made a statement. I I made it several times. You know, I've been tired of this one-man show thing for years. I'm tired of being a spectacle. I'm tired of going places and, and bless God, being a fine-tuned instrument where, oh, the prophet, the prophet, and they come, and bless God, the miracles come, and everybody go, oh, my, the prophet, the prophet. I'm not God. I'm a man. I make mistakes like everybody else makes mistakes, and probably if you came and lived with us a week, you may never speak to me again. I don't know, because I'm human. I'm not on a pedestal somewhere. Bless God, I don't belong on a pedestal somewhere. I'm an anointed vessel of God chosen by God from the foundation of the world. That's what I am. I found out how to develop this anointing. I found out how to use it after it was developed. And now God is saying, teach them how to do it. And I'm here to teach. You suppose I'll be doing this seminar other places, oh, I imagine. I imagine there will be some of them uh, going to hear it a time or two. Amen? Let's go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 9. 1 Samuel 9. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 9, 15 reads like this. Now the Lord had told Samuel in, in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin. And thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines, for I have looked upon my people, because their cry is come unto me. Now notice the commission now that he's given the prophet. He said, tomorrow at this time, he said, I'm going to send a man out, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain. He said, I'm going to send you somebody. So what does this tell Samuel? Somebody's going to come around tomorrow about this time. And when Samuel saw Paul, or saw, I'm sorry, saw Paul, <laughs> Paul called Saul, uh, and when Samuel saw, Saul, that's tough for me, the Lord said unto him, Behold the man whom I spake of thee, uh, of, this same shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. Now, I want to stop and say something to you, and I not I don't know where and how this got started, but I go to these meetings, these the, 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 the prophecy meetings, and I speak, and these people come up and, and they say, well, now, I'm not a prophet, I'm a seer. I said, you're what? I'm, I'm a seer. I said, well, what's a seer? Well, I, you know, God lets me, my, folks, let me just say this. Seers are prophets. Prophets are seers. Is that just a kind way of saying, I want to be a prophet, but I don't dare say it? I really think I am. I rebuked somebody not long ago that's uh, probably rather not got rebuked about the whole deal. said, well, I'm not a prophet, I'm a seer. And I said, well, I'm got news for you. If you're truly a seer, you are a prophet. Why, why do they call them seers? Because we see over into that world that's not natural. We see over into the supernatural world. Okay. Now, so, so he asked where the seer's house is, and Samuel answered Saul and said, "I am the seer." Now, again, was Saul a prophet? Yeah. Go up before me into the high place, for ye shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go, and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. And he says, you know, you know what always tell him he's going to discern, going to give him word of knowledge. And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them, for they are found, and on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee and all thy father's house? Boy, he he was uh, he was uh, uh, taken right to him, and and Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite? A Benjamite, of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family, the least of all the families, of the tribes of Benjamin. Wherefore? Then speakest thou so to me. And Samuel took Saul, his servant, and brought them into the parlor, and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidden, which were about thirty persons. Saul said, I don't think I'm I'm the one you're looking for. Samuel had already heard from God, had he not? Now let's go over to the tenth chapter, the first verse then Saul took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance now I'm going to tell you something again there's something to this thing of the chosen vessel or the anointed vessel pouring the oil upon that one that is coming forth now and we can give a number of of illustrations here of course this goes on and we we got into this the other the other uh, yesterday i think it was of how that the spirit of the lord was, was going to come upon him as, and everything that that samuel prophesied happened to him he ran into those into the other prophets and and that's when he told him that the anointing would come upon him and he would become another man Okay, and, and we spoke somewhat about that and, and I, I, I think that I think that's important and, and I'm gonna tell you something. Some of you are telling me stories here after the after the visitation of these angels that we've had here every service. And isn't it just like that that really what's going on in that when 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 that realm comes, when the supernatural realm comes over into that other world, some of you talked about the way that you felt, the things that have taken place, and then on, on the other hand, it, it almost seemed like that. Well, maybe have become another man. And that anointing comes; you now are able to cross over. You, some of you, are crossing over in the supernatural realm and don't even know that you're crossing over because, in order to receive the visitation, the angelic visitation that we've had here this weekend. You've had to cross over to be able to, to be able to feel, to be able to have that happen to you, and and what God is doing. See, we're, we're teaching you. We're trying to get you to understand what the process is, what you need. But but you're becoming another man. Now, what is it that I that I told you earlier uh, when we started this this morning? That when that anointing gets heavy on me, and I have to really pour out a lot of the anointing out of me. Then, 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 then the, the room, last night I talked about how the room begins to close up and I can't see. I couldn't see Donna. I knew she was up there, but I couldn't see her. Because what? It's like, it's like a fog. It's like a, a cloud appears. And, it, and it's supernatural. It, it's not anything that anybody in this room would have seen unless you saw over into that realm. You you heard Sam you 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 you, you uh, say uh, about things that, that that he that he had seen uh, uh, in, in during that where, where he, he crossing over into that some of you saw things but what I want to tell you when when you were experiencing these things happening to you what you're experiencing is that you're becoming that other man you're touching over into the other man category okay and that's what and it's important because you will you will cross more and more and more over into that uh, but but uh, I, 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 how do I put this? Uh, when, when I bring you to the point that I brought you, we, we have uh, you know it's kind of been like a boot camp thing here this weekend, and I know that's been used a lot of times in the charismatic movement, but but it's sort of been like that because what we really have done, I have trained and pushed a lot of spirit and a lot of word at you over, over these last uh, over this last uh, since Friday night. And, and, and what we're doing is we're bringing this thing to a point where I'm going to take the horn of, of oil, and I, as a chosen vessel of God, anointed of God, am about to do what? I'm about to transfer the anointing of God to you and to your life. I'm about to do that. Is that going to change you? You bet that's going to change you. That is going to change your life. When, you, when that happens, you walk out those doors, your life will never be the same again. And I don't mean that you're going to go out and park the Wabash River down here on the way across or the Mississippi or wherever direction you leave here today to go, but I'm going to tell you it's headed that way. It's headed that way. And, and, and then the thing I want to say to you is simply this. Then we're going to find out at this point, now what are you going to do with this thing? Alright? We have let you touch the supernatural. We let you experience the anointing. The angels have come. Now what are you going to do? Are you going to take the instruction? And, I, and I'm, I'm going to jeer you, not, not just because we're trying to, trying to, bless God, sell CDs. You need to get this stuff, and you need to study it over and over again. You need to glean everything there's things that I have said here this weekend that next week next month is going to mean something to you that meant nothing tonight. why because some of you are going to have to experience some of this stuff and come to some of this place to get to the next place where the, what I have said in some instances didn't, did not pertain to you now that it will then. You need to use this, you need to use this, and I know this is going to sound sacrilegious to people, but you need to use this like you use the Bible. You need to study it. You need to study it. All right? Let's go, let's go to the thirteenth chapter of 1 Samuel, thirteenth chapter, eleven, thirteen, eleven. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines uh, gathered themselves together at at, at Mishmash, therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself therefore, and offered a burnt offering." Uh Uh-oh. And Samuel said to Paul, Thou hast done foolishly. Why did he tell him that? Saul was not the pourer of the oil. Listen to me again. Samuel poured the oil. Saul was to be in submission unto Samuel. What was it that Samuel told him? I'll be there a certain time. You wait on me and I'll come. Samuel didn't get there at that time, so good old Saul decided to take it upon himself, and he decided to do what he thought had to be done. Does that sound any way remotely to you about what I'm taking on here with you people? Yes, yeah, sure does to me. Now listen. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord by God which he commanded thee, for now how would the people of the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever? Uh oh. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Boy. Man, that's tough, isn't it? I call him Saul, king for a day. Mm-hmm. Now let's see. Now wait a minute. Was he not? He was. Yeah, he said to be captain over all of Israel. Now Saul is what? Saul's out of business. Now, now, wait, 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 wait a minute. The gifts and callings of God are without. Re- that's not got anything to do with anointing. Not anything to do with the anointing. Not the least to do with the anointing. The fact of the matter is, Samuel had instruction from God. Saul didn't. Saul came there and said, "Oh, I don't know that I'm 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 from the little tribe of Benjamin." You know, I mean. But yet Saul took it upon himself, huh? Well, now that I'm captain over all Israel, well, you know, I mean, now Samuel he's getting a little old. I mean. (laughs) He's a good old boy, but, but, but you don't think those things didn't go on in that little inner circle with Saul? You bet they did. Never having to be written about, they did. And now all of a sudden, oh instead of waiting on the prophet to show up, Sa- uh, Saul decides he'll take over because maybe we don't need the prophet anymore. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The same prophet that pour- poured the oil pulled the plug. Okay? Now Listen. The same prophet that poured the oil pulled the plug, 15th chapter, 1 through 3. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord, for thus the Lord of hosts I remember which Amalek did to Israel, and how he laid wait for him in the way when he came from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox, sheep, camel, and ass. And Saul gathered the people together, and numbered them at Talam. 200,000 footmen, 10,000 men of Judah, and Saul came to the city of Amlek and lay wait in the valley.
2: Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website www.JewishProphet.com and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing, taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that. Into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. And we'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.
0: With Lucky Lancelot, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?